This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And Deacon Paul Trinan here. We're broadcasting this morning from the Abbey of the Hills in northern South Dakota. We thank you for joining us and allowing us into your homes today. Just wanted to direct you to our Real Presence Radio website. Yeah. We've kind of been plugging that this morning because mm -hmm. there's a lot on there. You can do prayer requests, which we actually pray for. So at RPR, when you submit a prayer request, we hear about it. Amen. So we are a family. So Got mass readings. Yeah. We so have we podcasts. You can go back and listen to some of your favorite shows, like this next interview. Yeah, the next interview, I'm just really pleased uh, for our radio listening audience to, <laughs> to, to have the opportunity to visit with a friend, to, to somebody that I've known for a long, long time, and it's Father Tom Hartman. Father Tom Hartman is a priest in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and he's actually a pastor for, um, oh gosh, Groton? for Groton, yeah, what's the name of the parish there? I know what it is. Yeah, St. Yeah. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Seton. Oh, so, yeah. And and we also have uh, St. Joseph and Turton. So. Yeah, so beautiful. Um, Father Tom has got a really unique vocation I story. Love it. But there's a couple of things I want to talk to my good friend Father Tom Hartman about, but I'm going to try to limit myself okay. to the vocations um, story. But if we get into the any Holy more Spirit time, can take you wherever. You can, know, you got to be open to that. Because I want to, I, actually, I'd, I'd like to visit with you before we're done here about a young man named Brian who went to a street dance with his girlfriend. You know what I'm talking about here, Father Tom? R Ryan? Who Brian. 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 Means, oh. It means strength. Okay, you know? okay yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. That's a little tease. Maybe we'll talk about that towards the end. But first, we want to get, first, we want to get into this amazingly beautiful vocation story of how you became a priest within the Diocese of Sioux Falls. So, um, again, thanks for being with us. Thanks for taking time out. Can you share with folks a little bit about yourself? Again, where you're at and uh, how long you've been ordained a priest, Father Tom? Yeah. So, anyways, I, I I say that for the most part, I was a I was a grocer for most of my life. I grew up in a family grocery store, and then the the Lord took me from the aisles and told me to put my duster down, right, and go into mm -hmm. seminary and never look back. So. I didn't have the oxen, but I had the doctor, right? <laughs> but otherwise, I've been a, I've been a priest for three years. Uh, uh, I was ordained in uh, uh, 2017 with a group of six of us guys, you know. Mm -hmm. So so it was great to be part of such a good group. Uh, I was an associate pastor at St. Michael's in Sioux Falls for two years uh, under Father Terry Weber. So I had my first two years' experience there. Uh, I now serve as a uh, a pastor at two parishes, which we said earlier, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and Groton, St. Joseph and Turton. But I also do a little bit of sacramental ministry at the College Newman Center at Northern State University okay, yeah. uh, in Aberdeen. So even though I have been a priest for three years, I've been a father for 29 years. You know, I actually have my son, Isaiah, who will turn 29 this Saturday, so... Uh, and then I also have a daughter who is Natasha, who's 27, and I also am a grandfather who has uh, a, my grandson Gavin is nine months old. So, so yeah, so all of that is kind of a uh, well, you know a little bit I about think, myself. 
I think everybody who's listening who doesn't know you, Father Hartman, just kind of took a stop in their tracks. Like, what did he just yeah, say? We'll give them a, a, a second Hold or two to, to, to lift their, their what job. What did he say? Yeah. Did he say he has children and a grandchild? You know, yes, we are talking with Father Tom Hartman, folks. So let's go back a little bit um, and, you know, where your story begins. So... So yeah, you know, I, I guess I I like to say, you know, there's there's so many things that came into God calling me to 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 be a priest. You know, I think about as a, a kid, I had all these uh, priests that I looked up into my looked up to in my life. I had a a religion teacher in seventh grade that inspired me. My mom and dad sent me to some beautiful retreats, but but I always have to say when I pinpoint it down to one place. I actually think it was on the lap of my mom. You know, when we were uh, when we were kinder, when I was a kindergartner, my family just started to pray morning prayer together. You know, and we had this we had this family prayer card, and uh, uh, when we would pray it, everybody would take turns reading it, and then we would all say what we wanted to pray for. You know, mm-hmm. and I just remember asking my mom when I was a kindergartner, when is it going to be my turn to read the card? You know, and of course, she just answered, when you learn to read, right? <laughs> and so, so anyways, I just remember as a first grader, you know, having listened to this for a year, I pretty well had the card memorized, but I just remember the first time reading that prayer, you know, and there's just something really special about that moment in, in reading that prayer, but, but really, I think this idea of uh, vocations, really, and this uh, love for prayer just kind of fostered from from that moment on my on my mom's lap. Wow, that's beautiful. So, as you journey through life, uh, tell us a little bit about um, your younger days, as far as you know, high school, college years. Yeah, you know, when I was uh, uh, as I was getting into high school, and I had said, you know, there's been a lot of experiences there, but um, there's just part of that experience that was just calling me. Uh, the Lord, I just felt like, was calling me to the priesthood, you know, and I, I, I couldn't shake it off. And there was a, a man who came, a young man who came to our parish and talked about uh, uh, this high school seminary up in Fargo, North Dakota, Cardinal Mitch. And so anyways, I was a sophomore going into my junior year, and I had asked Mom and Dad if, if they'd be willing to let me go to that seminary, you know. So there I was, a, a junior in high school. And uh, I, I went up to this seminary for, for a year. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, uh, at this point in, this, uh, in the seminary, in some ways it was a, it was a great experience in that uh, I really did love the seminary formation. I loved the teachers. I, you know, loved the prayer life, you know, this and that. But, but uh, within the context of that year, uh, I just had a, um, had a bad experience. Experience in terms of, uh, I encountered a, a, just a couple guys that didn't like me. You know, you'd probably consider it probably a, a bullying experience. You know, and so, but when you uh, when you kind of have a German personality where you don't know how to share your feelings, you know, yeah. they, some of you Germans out there might be able to relate to that. <laughs> you yeah. know, that uh, I, I just didn't know know how to deal with it and. Uh, and how to really express what was going on inside of me. And then, to top that off, I have a melancholic personality. So any of you that are Germans and melancholic out there, you know, you really uh, got a double whammy, right? 
And so what ended up happening is I, I, I came out of that year not being able to explain what was going on, but I, I came out with actually kind of an, an anger, actually uh, an anger an anger toward God in some ways of going in this seminary and experiencing this. But more than an anger for God was really a, a, a hatred, you know, that built in my heart. And that was just uh, um, uh, towards towards these particular individuals. So, so at that point uh, uh, in my life, I just kind of let my faith life slip. So, huh. oh, interesting. And that was when you were yeah. in high school. At that was when Street. I was in high school. Yeah. So, so, so then, okay. Yeah. So we, you leave the seminary, correct? Right. And that was for your senior year in high school. Is that am I accurate? Yeah, so, that? so I was back. I was back to Millbank in my senior year of high school. Yeah. All right. So you know, and you know, you know. So what ended up really happening, in a sense, was that uh, again, not knowing again how to share what was going on inside of me, not being able to uh, really share it with my uh, with my parents or my priest or those people that I. I uh, should have been sharing it with, you know, I, I, again, I started dating, you know, and, uh, anyway, the course, uh, kind of just looked for this solace in this companionship that I, that I had with who would eventually be my, uh, my wife, Becky, you know, so, uh, but of course, as, uh, as, uh, Becky was this person that I could really confide in, uh, things also became too intimate, you know, and, so in the course of that year, then uh, year and a half, I had graduated high school and found out that Becky was pregnant. You know, so so mm-hmm. and in that moment, there was a, a real reality check. You know, mm-hmm. um, a reality check in the fact that <laughs> I had to face my parents. <laughs> I had to mm-hmm. face. I had to face my parents. I had to face God. I had to, you know, all these things. But I just remember being in my room one night and praying about everything and how this was all going to go down. And there's very few times I can say that I actually heard God speak, but this was, <laughs> this was one of those nights that I could say that I heard God speak. And he basically just says, are you doing that well without me? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, no, I'm not doing that well without you, you know. And I so, gotta ask anyway. you to repeat that. I, Father time, excuse me. I, for our listeners, and I'm a listener. We we need to hear that that word from from our Lord that was spoken to you again. Can you repeat what you heard him say? Because I think we need to hear that. So please yeah. repeat it. Yeah, it was just again those those words that the Lord just said to me. Are you doing that well without me? You know. And, of course, I, I knew, you know, just based off of the convictions in my heart, you know, throughout that year, but at that moment that, no, I wasn't doing that well without him, you know. So there was just a real epiphany that I say happened to me at that moment that I realized that it was better to suffer with God than without God, you know. Yeah, and you're going to so, suffer one way or the other. <laughs> right, yeah. And so, yeah, and so much better to to be able to suffer with our Lord than, than to suffer with mm-hmm. him. To suffer with him, there's some value, but to suffer without him is just misery, right? Mm-hmm. And so anyways, but uh, a beautiful, you know, as the course, a uh, beautiful thing that had happened in that time 
was that the priest, Father Wilfred Lamberts, was um, um, was undergoing he was undergoing some cancer treatments, and he needed a person to drive him to Sioux Falls and, or to Fargo, and he asked me to drive him, right? And so, uh, so anyways, I thought, well, this works great for me because I needed to talk to somebody anyways, you know. And so anyways, uh, we were coming back, and I was driving him back from uh, Fargo down uh, I-29. I decided to start sharing with him what happened, and in the meantime, as I'm sharing with him what's happening, I'm driving and bawling, right? I'm just, yeah. I'm just crying, and of course he's he's telling me to pull over, you know, pull over, Tom. <laughs> and so I pulled, I pulled over on the side of interstate, and I'm thinking he's gonna uh, change drivers. But what he does is he reaches into the glove compartment, and he pulls out his stole, and he put it around his mm-hmm. neck, and he and he said, "That's the most beautiful confession I've ever heard." And he absolved me of my sins on I-29 that day, you know. And I, I just knew from that moment that wherever the Lord was going to lead, you know, I was going to follow. So, yeah. Beautiful. Father Wilfred, what a beautiful soul. Yeah. For those yeah. of you that might just... Yeah, for those of you that might just be tuning in, we're talking with Father Tom Hartman from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and he's sharing us sharing with us his vocation story. It's a unique and amazing and beautiful story. And so thus far you, and I'm trying to figure out where in your life this, this is happening, this venture on I-29 and this path of forgiveness that you've just received. Um, is this while your girlfriend is pregnant or? Yeah. So, yeah. So this is, uh, this okay. is still at that time. And okay. so, so anyway, so, you know, because of again limited limited time you know yeah. basically from that that time on i again i knew i was i was i was back i was going to follow god regardless you know so of course having worked through everything uh with my parents and uh just beautiful to know that uh, uh that uh, we worked through it and they had a deep forgiveness uh, uh for me and helped me out and stuff uh becky and i did end up end up getting married, you know, and in the midst of this, of me turning back, there was still that issue that I had to work through that I still had this, this deep hate, you know, I still had this deep hurt and wound that was going on within me, and uh, when I was 21, I always joke with people that I ended up in the Sioux Falls Penitentiary, you know, that I was on a retreat, you know, these wreck weekends, as Deacon Paul probably uh, remembers them, you know, and uh, but in the I, midst of history, huh? I remember being yeah. on one with you. I remember you sharing. It's just poignant. Yeah. It's poignant. But keep so, going. Keep going. So, but yeah. But in the midst of in the midst of this retreat, uh, uh, there was this. Um, there was just kind of this other. We were sitting there, and it came time that it was this time that we were supposed to share what we need to die, what we need to let go of. And you know, of course, you're in the middle of this retreat with all these prisoners, and nobody's saying anything. And it's probably the next time I heard God, and God just said to me, because I was always wondering what my gift is, you know, and he says, your gift is your honesty. And I just decided to get up there, and I started to share about this experience at seminary, and pretty soon, as I was sharing it, I just felt all this hate pour out of me, not only an anger, not only from that moment, but just almost throughout the whole life, it was like the Lord was emptying me, you know, to have a to have a complete peace, you know, and I knew from that moment that I would, 
uh, in that prison that I would never hate again. And so, of course, uh, I think the Lord was just preparing me, you know, because uh, it wasn't long after that that uh, Becky and I started to have problems in the marriage. You know, we had Isaiah, we also had Natasha at this time, and the two kids, they were about three or four. And uh, uh, when Becky uh, when Becky had decided to, to leave, you know, and but there was that great gift that the Lord had given me that I knew I wasn't going to hate. And, and so... Um, Becky and I, and I think the Lord gave Becky probably that same same gift, you know, uh, that the two of us, even though the marriage didn't work, we we really worked on uh, trying to um, trying to be uh, parents that really work together, that really maintained a friendship despite the fact that uh, this marriage didn't work. So on a on a, I'm sure a lot of Catholics are listening to this right now and. Um, we're talking with Father Tom Hartman and your vocation story, and we all know the end of the story, you become a priest. So how is that possible that you could be married, have children, and still be called to the priesthood? Yeah. I'm probably so still anyways, trying to figure that out. <laughs> right. So, and that is an important question. You know, it's important for people to know. You know, it's... It, it's uh, uh, so for those of us that have that go through divorce or go through um, uh, go through that that separation divorce, uh, in order for us to be able to move on in our vocation, if this is God's call, we do need to go through uh, the annulment, right? So the church has to take a look and say, okay, was this a valid marriage? You know, and they need to they need to look at things like what maybe wanted to made this marriage valid. You know, so just as an example, you know, in in my case, you know, and in Becky and my and and my case, you know, they probably would have looked to say, okay, there was a lack of freedom there. You know, here were these two young kids; uh, they had this this child in the picture. You know, were they getting married freely because they wanted to, or were they getting married because they felt like they had to? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And. And so anyways, of course, the Church annuls the marriage and saying, well, it wasn't a marriage to begin with. And so therefore, you're open to a, a vocation, right, to mm-hmm. choosing a vocation again. And, and so in Becky's case, she did get remarried. And so, but in my case, then I pursued whatnot, where I am now as in the priesthood. So, Yeah. So through your journey, and you, you've been divorced, and when did you seek out the annulment process? Was that right I, I away? sought out the annulment right away. I did, yes, yeah. Okay. Within, you know, so within eight months after the divorce, wow. I, had the, I had the annulment, you wow. know. So, and that was a pretty fast annulment, you know, so. But, so then, but yeah, so... Life continues on. How old are you? your children? Are young at can this I, can point? We just a second. Just a second. I want to bring out something that that most I would say most folks don't do that once they become no. divorced. And and I think to be able to speak to that process and that healing because annulment should be a part of that yeah. healing. And I think the people that I've experienced that have gone through it sometimes it's a uphill climb, but it is a healing component that the church offers. Mm-hmm. Of uh, uh, and 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 Father Tom's a part of that. So okay, then when did you let's let's pick it up. When did you start feeling I'm being called to a new vocation? Yeah, you know, uh, 
of course, you know, I mean, uh, in all those times that I had discerned that vocation to priesthood was so strong, you know, I think uh, uh, I had just been denying what was probably there from the very beginning, you know. And so, so of course, after the divorce, and of course, you know, really having embraced my faith, I kind of uh, probably in some ways always felt uh, felt that call. But here I am with a, a, a three- and four-year-old or a four- and five-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere in there, that, of course, uh, uh, you know, um, the actual possibility of entering into a vocation, our diocese policy is that when your children are 21, you know, so, mm-hmm. so you kind of have a, a few years to, to think about it, right? And so mm-hmm. so in those years, I, I just decided, again, I was, I was kind of going to, uh, pursue the the dating life, and I and I, I did date through those years, and not a lot, but a, definitely a, a few times. That uh, what I started to realize as I was dating is that in in some ways, uh, dating seemed to like, and this is almost terrible to say, but it almost became uh, an inconvenience for other ministries that I wanted to do. It was almost like it was putting a damper on me be able to serve God more completely, you know. And so, and as I, as I dated these, some beautiful Christians and beautiful Catholic girls who certainly had all the qualities that a, a guy should look for in a, in another, in a marriage companion, uh, yet there's still part of my heart that just, that hesitated. And then, uh, I began to realize that God was God really had created in me a priestly heart, a heart that wasn't meant for just one person, but it was but it was to embrace the whole church, right? And so so once I started to realize that, I realized also that, you know, I can't just keep dating because, you know, it's not fair to these uh to these beautiful women out there that uh, uh deserve someone who actually can love them in that way. So, so about eight years before I entered the priesthood uh, or entered seminary, I just quit dating completely. And in some ways, I took the gamble and <laughs> said, well, until I can enter a seminary and try this, I'm, wow. I'm done. You know, so, really? so anyways, at 41 then, I uh, actually at about 39, I asked the first time uh, of the diocese if they would be willing. And the bishop uh, prayed about it and he says, I want you to wait two years. He says, I want you to make sure that your kids are where they need to be in life. You know, and I thought, well, you know, and after he said that, you know, in some ways you're a little disappointed having waited how many years. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the same time, I knew he was right, you know. And so, so anyway, so then I entered at uh, two years later, I went back and uh, he accepted me into seminary and I entered at age 41. I went to Holy Apostle Seminary. It's a later vocation seminary, and the big joke is that the, the nickname is not Holy Apostles, but Holy Fossils, you know, for us <laughs> older guys. So, but yeah, so anyway, a, so I We just I had an interview seminary. of a—I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we just had an interview of, a, of a, a man who teaches at Holy Apostles in, um, in Connecticut, right? Cromwell. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Cool. So how is, how is being a father— a, 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 a dad, a dad, <laughs> changed as you've become or, an ordained priest, Father Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, again, I think I think there it's uh, it's really becomes a, a a balancing act. You know, it's 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 definitely not a, 
it's not as easy as when I was, uh, uh, you know, in the in the grocery business, and the kids knew that uh, where Dad was, Dad's at work, Dad's at home, he's available for us, you know, this and that. Mm-hmm. Where where this role as as priest in this location, you know, is really where God's calling me. And so, so in some ways, it's it's been a a, a tough balance act. I'm, I'm so thankful to be part of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, you know, where I'm a priest here in Groton, and Milbank's a hour and 15 minutes down the road. So oftentimes on Mondays, I head down that road and go see my mom and see see Natasha and see Gavin and, you know, spend the day with them. But, but you know, in some ways, it, it, uh, it, it definitely has its challenges. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I don't think it's necessarily uh, easy for... Uh, for either of my kids, you know, in terms of um, uh, dad was always available, you know, before mm-hmm. they always had that steadiness of dad in the store, you know, where where this yeah, this isn't there. But uh, the beautiful thing is they're they're both so um, uh, doing so well in life, you know, and, and they're was, both. Uh, what was their reaction ahead. when you told them you're going into the seminary? Uh, you know. Um, my son kind of has more of a sanguine type personality, where it's like water off a duck's back, right? Mm, you know, yeah. he just kind of he just kind of rolls with things, you know. And so for him, you know, if this is what would make it make me happy, this would be this would be great, you know. That's fine. But for Natasha, it was really hard, you know. Hmm. What's that? No, no, nothing. It was, it was harder on Natasha, though, huh? It was harder, yeah, harder on yeah. Natasha. You know, she she. She didn't want a dad who could officiate at her wedding. She wanted a dad who would give her away, right? Mm-hmm. Again, she wasn't supposed to. It was dad supposed, supposed to send her off, not her sending dad off to Connecticut, you know. <laughs> uh, again, and so, so there are a lot of these things. For her, it was it, it was it was more difficult. But, but one thing is that she really prayed through it. And uh, one of the beautiful prayers, and she was on a retreat when I was a deacon, and she just knew that uh, the Blessed Mother was asking her. She says, you know, as I, as I gave up uh, my son, she says, I ask you, can you do the same thing and be able to give up your father for the sake of the Church? You know, and she knew that there would be a cross involved in it, that there would be a sorrow like Mary, like Mary had. And so, so the deacon, being a deacon, was actually kind of a more intense sorrow for her. But when it came time for the ordination to the priesthood the next year, she experienced a much more intense joy, you know, so she mm. she started to see so but she but again it was beautiful in that she she was able to really pray through it and see that this is where the Lord's leading us as a family, you know. So Can wow. you give up your father? For the sake of my church. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, Father Tom Hartman, thank you so much for joining us today. We've yeah. run out of time. Yeah, we didn't Our... even get to touch we didn't even get to touch on your new novel, Father. <laughs> I'm about thirty five pages into Are it. You? And um enjoying uh, it enjoying it quite Remember a bit. it it's it's still in the works and unpublished, you know. Yeah. So, uh, no, I get I hear your you. reaction. Right. <laughs> when you're done. I will do that. I will do that. So. Well, Father, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. You're welcome. Yes. All thank right. you. So anybody that might have missed that in wonderful interview, you can always check back at our website, your Catholic radio station or Real Presence Radio. Up next, 
Are you ready to spread the gift of hope? If so, we have an exciting ticket giveaway you don't want to miss. And later, we'll tell you about a special retreat where you can experience the love of community and the workings of the Holy Spirit. You don't want to miss our next two segments. Stay right with us. We'll be right back on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 